thank you for tuning in to Late and Disorganized on a nice trip to parts out far to take care of business. And as I uh, travel, you're going to travel with me and uh, we're going to talk about a few things that I find interesting and hopefully you find interesting as well. The very first thing is how much of a blessing and a curse the internet is. There's something in on the internet that for me, it took me a while to understand because I didn't get the idea of why it was such a popular thing. But now, as I put some thought into it, I understand why. And it's um, Instagram Live and Facebook Live and live streaming and all of the things that the younger generation seem to uh, follow. There's a lot of uh, entertainers and influencers that just go out and live life and turn on their phone and just record mundane things like sitting down with friends and eating at restaurants while the camera's aimed at them and then their little uh, comment section is going. And to me, it, it, it didn't make sense because I didn't understand having such a desire to see people do mundane stuff that I can do like why are these people popular I didn't get it but when I thought about some of the influences from my generation when I was younger when you see shows like MTV Raps and BT The Basement uh, TRL um Living Single, Martin, A Different World, Saved by the Bell, Beverly Hills 90210. It wasn't the stars that made the show what they were. It was the idea that you're giving people a seat at the cool table. You know, high school, there was always a table where the more influential kids and the popular kids all sat at the table and they all hung out together. And from the outside looking in, it seemed like they always had something going on. They were always involved in something going on with the school or the community. And a lot of people wanted to sit at that table and do a lot of things, even to detriment themselves to, to be a part of sitting at that table. And that's what these shows were about they were essentially the cool table so for 30 minutes or an hour 40 minutes whatever you could sit and watch the lives of people at the cool table who always seemed like they had something interesting or fun going on shows like Seinfeld for some people and friends it was these popular charismatic characters that were reminiscent of the kids at the cool table and you got to sit you got to sit and see the lives that they lived and with the transition from internet I mean from TV to internet and kids no longer sitting down and 
and watching these shows like they used to, they now indulge in stuff on the internet. So it's the same thing with these guys like, I don't know how to pronounce his, his name all the way, Kai Sinat, I think. And um, this kid named Speed and KSI and um, Paul Logan and and Theo, forget his name, and Drewski. It's like the same thing. So when rappers like Boosie and all of these other rappers, they, they create a following on the internet and they and they go out and they do these mundane things and they seem like they got so much going on. It's like kids being able to sit at the cool table and live life through their eyes. So it's not even essentially as much as the personality that's behind the camera or in front of the camera. It's, it's a seat at the cool table. And it gives more emphasis on to why a lot of the younger generation don't take school seriously and are out here scamming and breaking into homes and cars and trying to get money without putting in any hard work just so they could uh, for a moment look like something. It's like when you were when you grew up in the neighborhood, you grew up in the town and you and y'all went to school, your competition was everyone who went to your school and a few people outside of your school or it might even be a neighboring school, but your competition for for relationships with the opposite sex wasn't that much. Even if you thought at the time there was a lot of people that you had competition with, there wasn't that much competition. Now with the advent of the internet, your competition's the entire world. So for, for, for young girls whose competition for the attention of men were the girls who were in their vicinity, now their competition has been drastically reduced because they can go on the internet and find attention from the same amount of men, if not more, than they would from their own community. So you got young girls who, who look at other women and see that, well, they're online and they're being sexually provocative and they're getting men all across the world to give them things. So imagine it's a 15-year-old girl who just goes online, goes on her Facebook, puts on a nice outfit and it gets picked up on Facebook Live and she gets a following of maybe 100 people and 80 of those people are men, there's at least 10 men in that group that are willing to give that girl money for her attention. So now she she's, not, she's no longer looking at the guys in her vicinity because the guys online are giving her immense attention and money. So now the guys who are in her vicinity, say you get a 15 year old who, you know, can't get a real good job, works at McDonald's, even though McDonald's might be paying him $7.50 an hour and he lives at home with his parents and he doesn't have any real bills. That's a good paycheck for a 15 year old, 16 year old. But is he 
they're bringing home anything to compete with the ability of older boys or even grown men to give a girl a Birkin bag to uh to, to send her pictures of the lives that they live and, and their, their, their nice cars and to give her you know the attention that they give her he now feels like well he has to his competition is down the world and the only way that he can be on the same level as the competition that he's dealing with online is to have the things that they have and have the disp uh, dispensable money that they have so now he can't he feels like he can't wait for two weeks to get his paycheck he can't time his money he can't take the time to earn the money he has to go get the money in, in quick bursts and now he is easier to convince this this kid to go out and commit crimes because you know children are short-sighted they're not looking at like what they're going through right now in the school they feel like is the world that's the world that they live in they feel like that's the world in general they don't understand how how much life they they have left and there's there's more than tomorrow and there's more than brief moments of joy and so they're willing to put everything on the line to to be for a moment what their competition seems to be for these other for these girls And that's the uh, the duality of the internet on on the bad side. It's like I, I seen someone say, you know, back in the day when it came to you in a relationship with your woman, your only competition was the guys in your in your city. Now your competition is everywhere. Now now, if you, if your girl is upset with you for whatever, because you know if you're going to be in a relationship, you're going to have moments where you're going to be upset with each other. And now she might have had, you know, a handful of guys or something like that on her on her bench that she goes to when she needs to feel special and she's not going to you because she's upset with you. And those guys would, you know, pump up her head and make her feel special. And the idea that she could be willing to do something with them, you know, is, is pushing the energy for them to give her more attention. And she's into the attention. Well, now your, your girl goes on on Facebook and has a thousand friends and, and makes a comment about the status of her relationship. And within an hour, she has 50 men in her uh, direct messaging willing to do or say anything to her. And it puts, it puts so much more strain on a relationship that your competition isn't just people within your city, your city or people from her past. It's people all over the world. So you got the regular idea of a relationship sewn into the vastness of the internet and it's just like we're in this transition period where a group of uh, generations that didn't have this uh, are suffering through it because you know you come from you might have a girl if you're in, if you're below 40 or somewhere in that range. Your girl and just like you didn't grow up with the ability to get that much attention from men, regardless of how they look. Even if she was drop dead gorgeous in the 10, she still was only getting attention from men in the city that she was in. 
now she's getting attention all over the place and it's like she's not used to that much attention she's not used to that much uh pressure to to seek other avenues or desire to seek because there's so many avenues that's going to be in her her inbox so many different kind of men so and everyone's playing up themselves to be the idea the perfect idea of uh who they think that the girl wants them to be and you know some people are easily to be fooled when they feel in the way so the good thing about the generation that currently was born into it is it'll dull itself as it goes on it won't be such a big deal but for the boomer generation the generation x millennials it's like it's a it's a great hazard to relationships that's why relationships are so crazy in the stage that they're in there's so much battle between sexes because the water has been such diluted so significantly you know how do you anybody can fall victim to it someone who might be the most loyal person to actually like relationships and, and take relationships seriously there's always the uh the opportunity to be going through something and someone pops up in your inbox and you're in the mood and you indulge it and it's like a drug once you get a hit of that drug how do you stop especially if it, it if it connects to the right parts of your brain you gotta be a real strong person right now to exist in this world with what the internet is doing to relationships and to mindsets on the part of it being a, 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 a gift for me it's it's a gift in a way that my I don't really have parents my mother doesn't care about me my father is non-existent neither one of them show any concern or, or taught me anything the the people that I grew up under could only teach me what they knew and they were only taught what the people who taught who who raised them and it's just only a certain level of knowledge and experience it's like when I was growing up I wasn't taught how to get a job I wasn't taught how to go to an interview I wasn't taught how to speak at an interview how to how to dress how to look I was just taught that you need a job so when it came to, to actually getting in the door to, to do the interview, I had to teach myself the right way to do an interview based off of failure. When I failed looking at what I did wrong or what I could did and going into the next interview, trying to change those things that I think affected my ability to get the job. When I, and when I, when I came across problems in the world when it came to mental health and um, taking care of myself, I wasn't taught anything. Uh, a man is from 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 my generation, or from the people that taught me. They didn't teach me how to take care of myself as a man. As a, as a man supposed to, to supposed to grit through everything and just keep going. And through the internet, being able to see perspectives from people who had parents who understood or had mentors who understood 
how to go about things and being taught how to be an adult by strangers. So now I got a, a not I don't just have people within my community or within my family that's teaching me how to thrive. I I got people all over the world that's teaching me how to thrive. They got different avenues and different ways and I can apply what I feel works best for me. And that has gotten me so much farther in life. You think about when I was um, going to college and I had to take these math classes because they were prerequisites and for the life of me, the, the classes were boring and the way that the uh, instructor would teach it to me was so convoluted. There were so many steps that I just felt were unnecessary to come and, I, and it was just hard. Only for me to go online because I got advice from someone that Indian gentlemen on YouTube know how to teach math in such a simplistic way that you it's going to take you five minutes to, to learn what it took you a week to learn. That's advice I got online from comment sections. So I took that advice and, I, and sure enough, they, they taught it in a way that it took me weeks to get a concept and they, they were, I was able to get the same concept through a different way in five minutes. That's the beauty, that's the gift of the internet. When you have a problem with your car, you can go online and actually see the model, the part, everything. You can you can write a, a brief description of what you think the problem is and Google and YouTube will take you directly to where the problem is and you can be your own mechanic. You can save yourself thousands, hundreds from, from owning the house and things breaking, from saving yourself uh, money from not having to hire a painter, learning how to be a carpenter on your own. There are so, so many different avenues on the internet for self-help where you can help yourself when if there wasn't, if you didn't have a, a father to teach you how to shave, there's videos to teach you how to shave. For, for young women who if you didn't have a mother that taught you how to handle your menstrual cycle, there's videos that teach you how to handle your menstrual cycle with no shame. And, and they do it in such a caring way, the way a parent or a mentor should. So it's like for us that didn't have the correct upbringing to teach us how to be productive, positive individuals, it's an evening ground for us. We now have access to all of this information that where we came from, we would have never had the access from learning how to handle things on a financial level. When you come from the hood and everyone is struggling and striving and all they know how to do is to get a minimum wage job and hustle on the side, how can they teach you how to manage money? How can they teach you how to start a business? How can they teach you how to do any of these grand things financially that can take care of yourself if they don't know how to do it? And all they got for you is hearsay and, and myths. But you can go right online and someone with a wealth of knowledge for free will tell you exactly what you need to do. It's, this, it's a great equalizer when it comes to getting yourself right. We're, get, we're being given 
information that we would never have gotten before. This easily. It's, it's giving you information that you would have had to go to a prestige college to get. To have to have been in, in, in a great public school system. Things that a lot of us would never have had the chance to obtain. That's what the internet is providing us nowadays. It's the great equalizer. And on, on, the, on the flip side at the same time, the duality of it is it, it, it's, a, it's a curse because it also has every negative thing that we would have never had the chance to experience we're now going to experience. It's like we all live in one huge city, metropolitan city, where everything and anything is within seconds of reach. And it's all about what you choose to pursue now. And unfortunately, because it's not viewed in that light, a lot of people are pursuing the wrong things. They're, they're taking all of this information and all of these abilities to gain. It's like the real estate market right now. You got so many people that grew up under the thought, pre the, the thought process that gentrification was a bad thing to the black community and, and how it worked out to disenfranchise and fuck up the black community. And when they were young, they, they that was their whole thought process, their whole mind frame. And they, they always saw everyone who, who, who utilized that as demons only to get into the real estate market and realize the money and fall into that same thought process. You got people who grew up in the ghetto and grew up in the hood and these ghettos and these hoods didn't have the government funding or the state taxes or anything to take care of the roads to, to, to provide for social services because all of this stuff was based off of tax dollars and at the time when they were young the vast majority of people who had enough money to, to contribute to taxes in a large way were white people and it was taught to hate white people because white people didn't want to have any of their tax money go to the ghettos only for them to get money and then start voting conservative because now the taxes are being taken out of their paycheck now all of a sudden they understand that hey this is money that I feel like I earned I shouldn't have to give it to somebody who didn't earn it now it's like all of that uh thought process about the neighborhoods they come from now they don't sympathize anymore so when you take a step back and look is it more of a, a of a supremacy thing or is it more of I earn this and I don't feel like I should be giving it to anybody and if you could you can be black and you can get into that mind frame you can stop preaching to uh, young black people the myths of this 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 ruling class that wants to see them fail and it's just simply greed once you get to a certain uh, amount of money and you see you 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 do what you have to do and you strive and you have things falling apart in your life just so you can go out there and all of a sudden you get in a four hundred thousand dollar check and you feel like ah oh, this is what i earned and i i, I damn near ruined my life but i got this four hundred thousand and then that tax man coming now you got 150. 
and you look at and you looked at at the at the breakdown of the tax where the tax money is spent and it's being spent going to schools that you your kids don't go to and going to uh government facilities that you'll never visit now even though this helps disenfranchise people and people who have been kicked down for the longest all of a sudden you don't care no more all of a sudden it's your money like there, there's there's so much that you don't understand when you don't understand and the the thing that bothers me the most is that people who finally get into positions to understand why people above them did the things that they did, they start moving in that same light, but then turn around and tell people below them that it's still for the same reasons that they used to believe. You know better now. Why not educate the people? Why not keep, why are you keeping perpetuating this myth just so you can live comfortably. There's a lot less loyalty amongst people than people perceive and that's 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 a frustrating thing for me to see happen, especially with a lot of these rappers that are now in their 50s and and and, and living comfortably and have investments, a lot of investments that go against the same things that they used to tout when they were young but then they'll still stand up and act like everything's still the same you have rappers that'll that'll invest in the prison industrial complex and then get on songs and talk shit like it's a, a part of a whole thing that we don't have control over because now that's where their passive incomes comes from. They're no longer a part of a group. They're a part of a different class. And I, I've stated that before in the, pre, in the previous podcast. It's less about race now as it is about class. Classes are, are linking up. And you got you to gotta really look at the class that you're in. You get a whole bunch of people who don't like each other that'll work together because they are they're part of the same class you'll get people like Dave Chappelle who who get on his comedy specials and talk about the significance of race in America and, and, and the accomplishments of race in America and and the detriment of race of in America and but then be really rich and have the ability to invest in the city he's in. And then when a, a, a contractor comes and says we're gonna build affordable housing next to you to your housing, now he has a problem with it because he understands what comes with affordable housing because of the mindset of the people who are in affordable housing and how that's gonna affect the housing around it. He understands that, but then he'll get on his on his his platform and act like he don't understand that. And he'll he'll protest against that. And people will see him in videos and say, well, it's Dave Chappelle, because so on one cent, I know he understands the plight of black people, so he so you know whatever he must be doing, it must be for the good. Like, no, he's rich now, he's in a different class. 
he can get on stage and, and, and tell poor black people or medium, or medium income black people that that this and that and that and this but he don't want those people near where he live at because he knows how that class is used and he knows how the class thinks because of how they're used so then rather than educate that class to where you can have medium and affordable housing next to where you are you're going to demonize them Because now you're in a class where you don't feel like you can educate people in that class. You're in a different class now. All of a sudden, it's not about race anymore. It's about the class of, of the individuals that you live in. I got myself a nice, gated community with a nice yard and everyone's this and that. And I can be out 2 o'clock in the morning and doing whatever. I can leave my garage door open. But if you, if you move this affordable housing next to me, I won't be able to do any of that stuff anymore. So no, I don't want that. Even if it would help black people. Even if it would put disadvantaged people in a position to where some of them will be able to see the light and educate themselves and move and, and, and push their families to better things. I can't risk some being successful due to the whole. Like there is no, uh, there is no loyalty. There is no whatever you, whatever we we all have have been brought up to believe. Like none of that shit is it exists. All of this stuff is fallacy, because the minute someone's pressed, no one wants to live on it anymore. People don't have values. Everyone has values through the social pressure, but the minute. They're pressed behind closed doors and there's no social pressure. The value go away and then they'll step outside and lie to you and say that they still have that same integrity that they had yesterday. No, they don't. You have um, Republican senators that will stand up in front of uh, MAGA people and tell them how much they love Trump and this and that and then come out and say that someone was added to a special counsel and it was a devious move only for someone who is into politics and did the, the, the homework to see that no, you requested that that person be on that council because you know that person is going to do their job and they're going to get rid of Trump and that's really what you want but you'll come out here and you'll make it seem like there's some devious shit going on there's too much manipulation and everyone's being manipulated because it's not about race, it's about class. They, 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 you think that all Republicans are about um, white supremacy, but they'll fucking flush a whole bunch of white people down the commode to keep their class the way they want it to be. It's not about people, it's about class. And they all move in that vein and they all operate in that vein and they don't care. No one cares. All of this stuff is fake. This social norms, societal norms, they're all fallacies. And no one stands on it. No one lives on it. And the ones who do are seen as fucking idiots. You get rappers out here that don't even be a part of a crime, but just be 
adjacent to it that get hit with a Rico and they don't snitch and they end up doing 20 years in jail and the, the head guy that, that is, is attached to a class, a higher echelon of money is snitching on everybody, cutting side deals but making sure that the paperwork never gets out or making it difficult for the paperwork to get out. But he'll get out of jail and say that, yeah, I got off. Fuck the law. This and that. He works with the law. And now this idiot sit in jail for 20 years, away from his family, fucked up a whole generation, trying to live up to a societal norm that nobody else is living up to when they're pressured. Anyone that does anything illegal or anyone that does anything legal and is on the higher echelon of anything is not solid because you can't be solid. You have to be an amoeba. You have to be able to morph and move. You can't hold on to any kind of integrity because you'll get pushed out of it. You'll, it'll be used as a hindrance to, to stop your progress. And you won't be able to stay in that class. So don't take advice from people who's way above your echelon. Because then they're not speaking from a point of view that's seeking to help you. Now that's not the same as going on online and having someone educate you on how something works. That's different. Talking about this difference between someone educating you on how something works and someone how someone's telling you how you should move. I want you to explain to me how the financial system works. I don't want you to tell me what to do with my money. I can do that once I understand how this works. That's the difference. If someone's just telling you how something works, but not what you should do, That's the most frustrating thing. You get a lot of people who will come out and be like, uh, try to explain to you all of these fucked up things that's going on in the industry, but not tell you anything like, why, why are you giving me this information? What the fuck am I supposed to do with this information? This information doesn't educate me on anything but fucked up shit. I'm not able to pull from this and know what I need to do. When you get a lot of people in the record industry, they'll tell these young kids that, oh, the game is fucked up and this and 360 that. And then you get someone who, who, who will break it down for the kids and say, kids will look at 365 deal and say 365 deal is bad. But if you look at it from a business sense, I'm the corporation and I'm putting all of this money and advertisement in to make sure that your merch sale, making sure that your record is being played, making sure all this stuff and you feel like I shouldn't get nothing from it. So if you sign a 365 deal, it's because you go into it knowing that I don't have the leverage to, to utilize the, uh, the resources that they have. I don't have the leverage to not utilize the resources that they have. So of course it's gonna, I'm gonna be fucked in some kind of way. But now that I know what the deal is, instead of me signing a 365 for 30 some years or for a lifetime, give me a two year deal. Now I know how to leverage myself because I have an insight on how the business works. As opposed to someone who's just coming out, ah, oh, 365, these, these labels are crooked and like, everyone's fucking crooked. You're not telling me anything. 
That's the difference between someone who's just in it and someone who knows what the fuck they're doing. All of the information is out there. You just got to know where to look and who you're listening to and understand that none of this shit is real. Um, establish a base with you, people you trust, and people you love and move forward. Like, there are no societal norms. None of this shit is real. Find love, move with love, act with love.